Hey, Evan. What? Why did the invisible man turn down that job offer? Why? He couldn't see himself doing the job long term. everyone and welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host as always. And this week I am joined with my very special friend, Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? All things considered, I'm pretty good. Yeah, we're living through a brave new world, but we'll, we'll make it. We will make it. Aldous Huxley showed us that we can make this brave new world work. Yes. A plus literature reference that we got through three takes of trying to start this podcast but we made it we did it uh, we did it so we're here to talk about video games we took last week off because it was a lot both of us just had extra stuff going on with all of our various projects and jobs and teaching etc and we just couldn't find Mm -hmm. time to connect which was disappointing because that meant I went two whole weeks without hearing your voice outside of your ready player mom stream which by the way Ready Player Mom on Mixer is one of the official sponsors of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. She pays for it with sweat equity by putting up with me. That's uh, that's how it works. And so <laughs> this week... Yes, and by advertising. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, uh, she, she is a big fan. Maybe she's our number one fan. That's why she's able to, to uh, get in here. So um, this week, we got some big games. Mm-hmm. We got Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. We got Animal Crossing still because I have some very mm-hmm. weird news about Animal Crossing and me. Um, we're going to talk for big topics. We're going to talk about what happens when the ESRB is just straight up wrong <laughs> in, in someone's opinion. And uh, because it can happen. And uh, we're also going to talk about a bunch of video games that you can play for free right now. Because money is tight and video games are fun. True. So. Let's start and go around the horn. Um, I'm going to start and talk about Animal Crossing. Because last week, or last episode, you and my wife mm-hmm. went off on Animal we Crossing. Did. Because the two of you had played, and also it was the first time you had ever like spoken to her. So it was very True. fun. It was. And, and so you guys talked... And I just kind of sat there. In fact, for a good portion of it, I wasn't even on the show. And because I hadn't played. And I didn't think I was going to. But then I realized that I was clearly missing out on something. And I was really missing out on an opportunity to help provide a opportunity to kind of build a community and get people engaged and talking to each other. Because we have all sorts of engaged family gaming community members that are playing the game by themselves or with other people. There's no reason we couldn't mm-hmm. bring everybody together. And so I couldn't really do that unless I played. So you'll never guess what I did, Amanda. I started playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> and so That's very exciting. I, start, I, I made a guy, and he looks vaguely mm-hmm. like me, only I'm wearing really... A, I, the only thing that I can say is uh, I'm wearing uh, socks and uh, flip-flops because I'm going to embrace the obnoxious dad thing. That's the meme that I'm going for. Uh, I moved into Evans Island because that has a Godzilla on it. 
As one does. And yes. And also he was the most willing of our three children to grant me a large plot of land to make like an EFG town. And uh, so where I can move my house and put all sorts of stupid gaming decorations, etc. And so he was of the three children. He was the one that was most willing to sacrifice a quarter of his town to my shenanigans and chicanery. So uh, can I just say this is a remarkably well-designed video game? Um, in a number of ways, it definitely is. The the ways that they've engaged for, in they've designed for engagement, especially it's it's remarkable. There are a number of user experience and user interface problems that I've had, but I've also played this game for eighty plus hours at this point, so I feel like I'm allowed to gripe a little, like a little, a little, little. Yeah, I think you've earned a little. You put in your time. I am I definitely have. still in the honeymoon phase with Animal Crossing. However, and that's okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, because I'm new. Also, I have never played another Animal Crossing outside of I played New Leaf for like an hour. But this is, I definitely can see myself grabbing this one and doing my Nook M- Miles Plus quests. Now, the funny fa- fun fact is, I refer to them as quests, and my kids are like, "Dad, they're not quests. It's just your Nook Miles Plus things." And I'm like, "Guys." They're, They're quests. definitely quests. Um, Not OP. If you played, if you played World of Warcraft, then you know all about daily quests, and they give you oh, daily I sure quests. Do. They give you five of they them. They do. So mm-hmm. I am super duper all in for daily quests. So uh, the so I made a guy. I have played. I have uh, I paid off my first loan with five thousand miles very quickly, and now I am probably about halfway. I got money in the bank. I am. I have already. My inventory is four rows now. I oh, dip. Those. Um, so, and I keep, and now the, the issue is I'm playing the game differently than my son does. And so he's mm-hmm. been beefing with me uh, because he oh, thinks no. that I'm being, I'm doing it wrong. When the truth is, I feel like this is one of those games where you, you can't really do it wrong. So tell no. me if this is the incorrect thing. So okay. he makes the best tools possible so that mm-hmm. he doesn't have to remake them very often. Whereas I mm-hmm. am perfectly okay remaking my tools. So for like my bug net, I'll just keep a stack of sticks and just make a bug net every couple of minutes. I feel like that's not that b- or I'll just make like two or three of them and just hang on to them. And mm-hmm. he thinks that that's bad. And I think that that's just fine. I feel like that's just a choice. I mean, if that's the way that you get enjoyment out of the game, if you really do genuinely enjoy crafting that much, awesome. I'm telling you that it, like, once you spend more than 15 hours in this game and you realize that everything breaks down so quickly and it's so frustrating for degradation to not have any indication, you may get bored of it. You may come around. But even if you don't, it's not that you're playing the game wrong. You're just playing it differently. It is also worth mentioning that occasionally you'll get a Nook Miles Plus quest that is asking you to make DIY items. So that's when I pre-make my extra tools to finish True. the quest. So it is – so you're. thank you for giving me a little bit of a, a backup here that it is just a choice. I'm also it's new. It's a choice. Yes. And so – but it is, man, it's really good. It's very wholesome. I missed I the it. entire Easter event. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's who finished okay. All of, 
You know who finished all of the Easter challenges? Maggie. You did. Well, you played eight also hours. Me. What else were you going to do? Um, so Maggie very triumphantly just stood up and said, I got my bunny wand. Did you get your bunny wand? I'm so proud of her. Okay, so if you want to talk on the podcast, you have to say words and not bounce. So do you want to say how you got your how happy you are to get your bunny wand? I'm really happy to get it. You were what? I'm really happy to get it. Yeah. What other stuff did you get? Um talk to the white thing. The recipe for a wobbling zipper toy, which the zipper toy involves um You got to talk to the white thing or they can't hear you. Um, it involves in the recipe of a wand. Yeah. Yeah. So you got you got a recipe for a wand. That was your big. Prize. That's so awesome. That a girl. Are you very excited. That was that was a lot of work, Maggie. You did a lot of work for that. That took me ages and ages. She did do a lot of work, and it kind of all came together. Now, and so I'm familiar with seasonal events. I played World of Warcraft. I tep- I typically never really engaged with them. But no, I, like I don't either. To do, I feel like I'm going to have to do it in Animal Crossing, I, but I missed Easter. Just you did, and you timing. also missed you also missed the spring fishing um, fishing tournament. I did, and that's one of the things. Well, it, it was the it was the collaborating for Easter and the fishing tournament and all the chatter and all the people kind of trading advice that got me realizing that I was I was just doing this wrong. So. I started playing. I am enjoying it. I fully endorse everything that my son wrote in his review for Animal Crossing mm-hmm. New Horizons, which is up on EngageFamilyGaming.com. And heck yeah, I really. I mean, I fully endorse it. I agreed with him. I let him say what he wanted to say and understood what he was saying. Clearly, it's a it's a good game. Everyone in my house is all in right now. Um, but now I'm in too. So man. Did we may or may not have looked at prices for another switch? <gasps> but then we decided we actually had another one in the cart, and the general will actually confirm this. Uh, she went and looked on the Best Buy website and found that there was one available and that they had curbside pickup, <laughs> and it was in the cart, and I was getting ready to go get it. And then Evan said, Dad, wait. Why don't you just move on to my village and I'll give you a quarter of my town because I think that'll save us many dollars. And I was like, you know what, Evan? <laughs> Thanks. He saved it because we were going to go do it. And we have three physical copies of the game. It's not like, you know, we couldn't have found a way to get the cartridge in. So, the uh, so yeah, Animal Crossing, we are all in. We will probably do some regular check-ins on this thing. Uh, if you want to know what a brilliant Animal Crossing uh, player is and what a brilliant fashionista in Animal Crossing is. You got to follow Amanda on Twitter because Amanda regularly posts her outfits and they're always basically like watching Amanda. It's like, oh, so that's how yeah. she gets dressed in the morning. It's just what I imagine. Um, yeah, 100%. I am. I dressed very I Canadian am, today and I haven't posted it yet. So I will, I will make sure I, I post wait. that. Is it like flannel? Oh yeah. Is it flannel? It's flannel or and like work. It's like oh. flannel and work boots and an awesome baseball cap and it's no, it's good. Very Canadian. Um, do you want me to share with you the uh, Titus and and Yuna designs that <gasps> my wife found? Extremely yes. 
because I have been looking for the Titus outfit. T- I'm sorry, Titus, but whatever, Titus. Uh, whatever, the, Titus. Because the problem is that I can't find the right pants. Because there's obviously they don't make pants with like mesh kneecaps, but black cargo pants would have been good. And today there were cargo shorts in my store, but they didn't come in black. Same. Yeah, they're not in black. So, I was like, come on, guys. Could I at least get some gray cargo pants? And nope, they were just various different kinds of beige. It was very obnoxious. So anyway, um, follow Amanda, Amanda Farrow at, on Twitter. She posts lots of pictures of Animal Crossing. And she likes lots of pictures of Animal Crossing. So you will find your Animal Crossing content on Twitter will proliferate just by that one little connection. So It's yeah, true. Crossing, and also I post about Animal Crossing. It's true, and I post about it on Pinterest as well. So I'll post my Pinterest board of like all of the amazing Animal Crossing designs that I've been picking up over the last couple of weeks. Oh, that's some of them are from Animal Crossing New Leaf. Some yep. of them are from New Horizon. So, they, but they're interchangeable. A lot of them are interchangeable. So you can just mm-hmm. you know use a custom design in one place, and it'll still work yeah. in New Horizon. So. Yeah, absolutely. I was wearing an Argyle sweater vest for a couple of days, for like a day, and I was like, this is the best. Um, can't wait to rock the Argyle sweater vest with the green flip-flops with the black socks. It's going to be the best. Um, I oh am a goodness. very different type of fashion person as you. I mean, you could style me in Animal Crossing if you like. We could do that. That would be a That's fun true. thing to we'll do. We'll do a stream. So, so um, you stream regularly on mixer under Mm -hmm. the handle ready player mom Mm -hmm. and you've been doing this weird thing on wednesdays which i happen to check out every week and you've been (laughs) playing a little strategy game and by little i mean a very big strategy game where you and sarah labeouf from the Mm -hmm. twitter who you know from the video game space have been trying to murder teddy roosevelt Yes, we are. We have dubbed this whole oper- this whole thing Operation Wreck and Teddy, which is actually a T-shirt now. <laughs> yeah. We should be clear. They're playing Civilization Six. We are playing Civ not- Six. We are not actually trying to kill Teddy Roosevelt. I don't actually have anything against Teddy Roosevelt as a past like as a leader. Um, but it's been really but fun because Sarah's evil. He's off one Civ Six. He's like him and Gandhi are the worst in Civ. So yeah. Sarah and I have been playing this now. We're on part, oh my goodness, part six? Be, yeah. Potentially part seven? Least, it's at least five. Yeah. So six it's, sounds more right. It's a lot. Like, yeah. So we, we played part five last week. We're on part six tomorrow. And it's going to be, it, we're in the end game now. We're in the end game where we're going to take Teddy down and this is going to be Wednesdays on Ready Player Mom. And right now Ready Player Mom is only Wednesdays because crisis schooling has just been taking too much out of me. Um, but it's awesome because I've been playing as Canada as R- Wilfred Laurier and this is the very first Civ game where Canada has been anything other than a city-state. Because you could get a bunch of Canadian city-states in for- in previous games but you couldn't actually play as Canada which was always a huge bummer. So I think that you could play as Canada in like Civ three, maybe, maybe two. I don't remember. I, I don't know. Don't it, was a, it was a long time my ago. Under, my understanding of Canadian representation in Civilization games, not the highest. 
but it's the little things that you look matters, at. As yeah, we know representation matters. So it's been a lot of fun. Sarah's been playing as France, and we are dominating. Is she French? No. Well, I mean, oh, her right. last name is French, but All right. like she's she's American through and through. Um, but yes, her her last name is French, so I mean, like that counts. That totally counts. It's good enough. It's good enough for it's good me. Enough. I don't play as generally as the country of my last name's origin. Usually, we're the bad guys. So <laughs> that's that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, I mean, what are you gonna do? So anyway. So anyway, it's six. been yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I have I I, I sunk like two hundred and fifty three hundred hours into Civ five, but I hadn't been as diligent in Civ six because again, like the Civ games don't tend, especially you know based on Civ five. They don't tend to really hit their stride until the DLC comes out and the expansions come out and they add things like, True. you know, back in Civ Five when they added religion and they added spies and diplomacy and all that stuff, like all the stuff that is pretty standard fare in Civ Six. you know, we had to wait for in Civ Five. Mm-hmm. So when they started improving Civ Six, you know, then I was able to come back and, and take more of a look at it. So... Yeah, I've been having a really good time with it. It's a really wholesome experience to sit down and play with such a good friend and have that connection in the middle of the week, knowing that, you know, Sarah and I are going to be strategic and bold and funny and, you know, just have mm-hmm. have a really good time. So I love the Civ games. I've always loved Civ. I've always loved Firaxis and their approach to... Um, 4x games so mm-hmm. you know like turn-based 4x games so yeah yeah having a having a good time with the with the civilization on ready player mom i have enjoyed watching it what i have i mean it is in the middle of my work day but it's been a great break for me i've actually you know you, people can't see this but so my workstation where i record my engaged family gaming podcast my actual workstation my improv workstation is literally directly to my left And so what I will do is I will log in and I will just listen to you and Sarah talk through the game and without even seeing it. And one of the things that I really appreciate appreciate about your stream is that you, the two of you, do a pretty good job of narrating without over-narrating, which is something that's really cool about a good streamer because sometimes they over-narrate and it's like, dude, whatever I'm watching – or mm-hmm. they under narrate and they're just not talking, or they're only yeah. you know cussing at the chat, and so it's a really cool balance. So just to you know puff you up a little bit, you're doing a good job on the streaming. I absolutely adore the Civilization games. Firaxis is brilliant, utterly brilliant. And they clearly have a niche. Mm-hmm. They make strategy games and they do it very well. Very and very well. Civilization is one of those games that I am always excited when it is time for a civilization game to start ramping up, right? And we mm-hmm. got to be getting close, right? Right? How long was how I there mean, wasn't that long between Civ 5 and Civ 6. There is a non-zero There was this, actually number. there was this there was a significant amount of time there actually. Um Civ 5 came out in like 2010, I want to say. September and... 21st of 2010, you are correct. Okay, so and then Civ Six came out in either two thousand and sixteen yeah, yeah. or two thousand and seventeen. Mm-hmm. It was two thousand and sixteen. So October twenty one of twenty sixteen is the yeah. Civ Six release date. So there was six years. 
I mean, I'm just so saying. the reason for I mean, the reason for that, though, is because there was just so much that they learned during the like throughout the course of Civ five mm-hmm. and releasing the expansions in the DLC. So I'm assuming that we're going to see a very similar development cycle with um, with Civ seven. If it turns out that they're going to end up supporting it like that, they are not treating Civ six as a game as a service like it's not a live service game obviously because you know you have to go out and purchase dlc packs and expansions Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but gathering storm is brilliant if you are going to play civ 6 definitely play it with gathering storm gathering storm introduces things like climate change it introduces natural disasters and you get access to a bunch of world leaders like um nubia and what else there's a bunch of them in there that are just yeah. fantastic leaders and they're so interesting from a historical perspective and from an inclusion perspective so mm-hmm. yeah Civ 6 if you are if you are just hungry for a good strategy game Civ 6 is brilliant Age of Empires Planetfall is brilliant and I'm also thinking about going back and playing Firaxis's, uh sci-fi Civ game uh, Beyond Earth so I'll let y'all know if I end up going back to that game. But I was really excited when it came up because I'm such a huge Alpha Centauri fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, listen, I, yeah, I love Civilization. It's so good. I need to play it soon. You definitely inspired me to play. It's just, where does one find the time? Uh, it, with all the Animal it, Crossing it just, to play, man? I don't know. And uh, also with all of the Final Fantasy to play, we should talk uh, about Final Fantasy. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Which Final Fantasy? Because both of us are playing different Final Fantasies. Um, we I, are playing different mine. Final Fantasies. Let yes, me talk about please. mine, just so that we can kind of alternate a little bit. So I was fortunate enough to purchase Final Fantasy VII Remake on launch day, and the general was gracious enough to let me put in way too many hours in that game over the course of a weekend. I played it like it was my full-time job so that we could talk about it this week on the podcast and so I could really be informed. I didn't want to come in and, you know, talk about it after, you know, playing it for, you know, three or four hours. I am two-thirds of the way through the game and Mm -hmm. I put in about 25 hours, which is a lot, but I am... I am going to say that Final Fantasy VII Remake is a very, very good video game. It is a very good Final Fantasy game. I don't have a lot of connection with the original Final Fantasy VII, as longtime fans of this show will note. I played it. I finished it in college, but I didn't really understand it, or at least I don't remember it. And I tried starting it again when I had some surgery a handful of Mm -hmm. years ago, and I made it to, like, the gold saucer or whatever, so I made it a good way into the game, and then I just fell off. And I've never mm-hmm. been motivated to pick it up again. But I've been excited about this remake because it was a different take on the same characters. I figured maybe it would pull me in. figured maybe I would care more about them. And let me tell you, it worked, dude. I really care. I want to know more about these characters. And I like Cloud mostly. And I like Barrett mostly. He's a bit of a caricature, but whatever. But I really, really, really... I mean, you can't... There's not... You just got to take it and leave it Barrett as a bit of a caricature but I really 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 love uh, Tifa and Aerith and the way that they are played against each other and the way they become like super best friends I mean I know what happens in the story or at least I know what 
is probably going to happen in the story, but mm-hmm. I have really appreciated all the stuff, and I really like some of the other characters that they've kind of added in because they really expanded on some of these characters that really they didn't matter them in out. the first one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so the combat, so to, the, the real thing here is the combat. Uh, it is divisive. There are some folks that really don't like it, and I'm sorry to them. They're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the Final Fantasy VII, um, I, I think that the Final Fantasy VII remake combat system is awesome. It is a, it is challenging. I, the only thing I wish is that it had maybe a little bit more of like a gambit system, so I had a little bit more control over what my uh, my other teammates do. Mm. But every time I really think like, oh, I wish I could lean on that, I remember, oh, all I have to do is just hit a button and I can tell them what to do. And it really, and the only reason that I struggle with it at all is because my buttons are bad. It's like my whole gaming problem is that I just regularly hit the wrong button, so it makes it kind of tough. But the, because literally to tell one partner to do something, you hit R2, and to tell another person you hit L2, and I regularly just hit the wrong one. Always. But that's just my problem in every video game. But other than that, um, I will also say it is probably the prettiest video game I have ever put my I have ever laid my eyes on. The water effects, Amanda. The water effects. This game isn't about water. You're in like a big like post like super industrial city. No. The water effects in this game are better than the water in Sea of Thieves. That's pretty and the impressive. The water in Sea of Thieves is real damn good. It is. It is bananas yeah it's super super good i i played sea of these actually not that long ago with my my younger brother it was like the one game he and i agreed that we would play together so i feel this i feel this um i i played the final i like i i sat down with my partners when they were playing the final fantasy 7 remake demo when that released which was really cool i really enjoyed it but again i'm like you i don't have a lot of nostalgia or connection to Final Fantasy VII, it wasn't my first Final Fantasy by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I think that four was four might have been On the my Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think four might have been my very first Final Fantasy, and therefore so it's one of my favorite. Yeah, so two in in actuality. So therefore, yep, it's one of my favorites. Um, I didn't play six for years after I played ten, but ten mm-hmm. is my favorite. It's like a tie between ten same and here. Final Fantasy Tactics. So for me, Final Fantasy VII doesn't have that same nostalgic appeal. It, it just, sure. it, it is, it, it's a game that's beautiful. It's, it's, it's connected so many different kinds of communities together. It has influenced games. It has influenced JRPGs. Um, mm-hmm. It set a gold standard for that day for how games should look, how games should play. And I can appreciate that without necessarily being like, well, it's my favorite game of all time. Well, that would be disingenuous. But I'm curious about it. So we're going to start playing it this week. We're going to check it out because we've been playing a lot of like M-rated games around here. Like I've been playing Death Stranding. I've been playing Persona 5 Royal. Um, But if you ever want to play a Persona game, play the dancing Persona games. Those are all rated T. And those are great. (laughs) They're fun as heck. I should stream one yeah. one of those one of these days because they are so good. You should. I'm sure that they would be very fun. The yeah, Persona not for the children. No, not even a um, little. Not even a little bit. So, and I have some. I, I feel the same way about Final Fantasy VII remake actually, and we'll put a pin in that because we're going to take we'll, one of our topics. We'll loop back. Yeah, we'll loop back to that. So, Final Fantasy VII remake. 
from my perspective, uh, especially for parents that enjoyed the original or have a, a deep respect for the original and mm-hmm. want to share it with their teenagers, especially their more worldly teenagers, mm-hmm. then I think that this is an absolutely a strong purchase. I also think because this is part of that that game, right? Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 is technically this game's title, meaning there are going to be more games. I think this is a good idea. Get in, enjoy it, because we're going to be playing this for the next decade, probably. And I think it's a cool opportunity for you, and you know, especially if you have teenagers, get in, enjoy it, and play it. And get hype. Start getting hype for the next one, because, man... I am I'm playing this game and I know that in a couple of years or maybe a year, I don't know, we don't even know their cycle. At some point in the future, somewhere between one day and fifty years, they're gonna drop a trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, and I'm gonna lose my darn mind and I can't wait. And I'm looking forward to the hype machine continuing. Man, listen, I'm and I'm an unmitigated hype monster. So this is this is a great opportunity to get in. It is a beautiful game. The quest structure is cool. Uh, the maps are a little hard to read, but you get used to it. But man, it's so cool. And the characters are neat. With that said, I have some misgivings about this game. It is definitely... Well, we'll talk about it later. We're going to talk about it in our topics. Now, I talked about my Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Amanda, you have been putting some ga- some time into another Final Fantasy game. I have been. Uh, what is that? So I'm back on the Final Fantasy fourteen wagon. Um, I took a significant portion of time off because things were just so bonkers here. You know, crisis schooling has been a lot, like I just said, so I haven't had the energy or the time really, yeah. uh, you know, cause there's a lot of us in the household, you know, we have, we have a teenager and she needs a lot of extra love right now because she's lonely and yeah. she doesn't have any, you know, siblings that are her age. So she has us. And that means that we're spending a lot of extra time with Gracie Girl, which is great. We love it. She's a wonderful kid. And so most of my time is spent spending time with my wife, who comes home exhausted from the hospital every day because she's now helping out with COVID patients at her hospital here in uh, North Jersey. And so, yeah, we haven't had a lot of time and there hasn't been a lot of energy for intensive video games. So... We started playing Final Fantasy XIV again, and we are almost at the end of Realm Reborn, which, as you know, some people may or may not be aware of, you know, Final Fantasy XIV was originally released like seven years ago, I want to mm-hmm. say, and it was garbage. It was a total garbage game. It was a garbage MMO. It had a terrible loop. The story was bad. It sucked through and through and through, and nobody liked it. So they did, so Square Enix did something completely unprecedented. They completely rebooted the game and they called it Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. And they called it essentially Final Fantasy XIV 2.0. So we've been working through uh, the 2.0 content that has been around for some time. There are a number of different expansions that we're trying to work our way into. Like we have Heaven's Word. Um, but we haven't, we haven't cracked it yet because we've just been playing this main, main line content. So we are so close to the end of Realm Reborn though. We are like level 45 and we need to get to level 50 and finish all the content in, uh, Realm Reborn so we can start playing Heavensward because that's where the story starts to get good. So we have been grinding through dungeons, 
we have been um, crafting a lot. The crafting systems in Final Fantasy XIV are unbelievable. Like I'm playing Animal Crossing and I, I don't hate the crafting in Animal Crossing, but I don't love it either. But I love crafting in Final Fantasy XIV. It's so satisfying. It's an actual process where you have to sit there using different skills to, you know, that work in harmony with each other. And that's how you end up crafting like high quality items that you can use. Like Mike is sitting next to me right now and he's playing Final Fantasy XIV. I think he's crafting a whole bunch right now. So he's playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV as well. So yeah, it's been it's been really great, and we've been really enjoying uh, the end game content. And some of the end game writing is stiff. I want to say yeah, it's pretty stiff. It's not great, but we're starting to move into some cool twists and some cool turns. And I think we're getting to the to the end of the game where we're going to be able to face up to this nasty boss that basically swallowed all of the primals in the game. Oh, that bad, bad, bad person. Oh, yeah, it's super bad. So it's going to hurt. But we have we have a free company, so we have a guild. And we have been kind of leaning on our guild to, and our friends, the Seguins, Ryan and Kat Seguin, uh, to kind of help us through the, the rest of the content. So it's been great. Like, we've really been enjoying it. So I'm looking forward to finishing up A Realm Reborn. I'm looking forward to checking out Final Fantasy VII Remake. And maybe one of these days I'll go back and play Final Fantasy X again for the 10th time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I I mean, I think I'm going to need to also. So maybe maybe we'll do it together. I think it's a brilliant we'll, idea. We should stream it. We sh oh, we'll man. cry a lot. Somehow, somehow stream it together. We'll co-stream it. We'll co-stream it on Mixer. We'll It'll be amazing. It we'll do it. It'll be fine. It'll be great. Nope. So... Um, this is so it's funny you mentioned that you got back into an MMO. I also did, and I'm not going to talk about it this week because we actually are. I'm working with a guest that both of us know to come on and talk about MMOs and the power of community, etc. So, but I have gone back to World of Warcraft, and so we're gonna we're gonna have a, a special MMO episode coming up, uh, and that will be a lot of fun. But the the I have another game that I've been playing that I actually really recommend. And it's a game called Curious Expeditions. Tell me more. And so Curious Expeditions, I'm bringing it up right now, is uh, it's currently on Steam and PS4 and Xbox One. And it is also on, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, um, and it's also on Switch. And it is, uh, it, God, it's good. Um, let me let me paint a picture for you. It's like Oregon Trail crossed with Eighty Days. Do you remember that mobile game that came oh, out yeah. a handful of years ago? Oh yeah, I played a lot of that game. It was so it was super super fun. So for those that don't know what I mean. 80 Days was a mobile game, and it later came to other things, but it was originally built as a mobile game that is more like a choose-your-own-adventure, you know, interactive novel where you would, you know, you, it loosely followed the story mm -hmm. of Around the World in 80 Days. Mm -hmm. Loosely is It's very, 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 very loosely. 
Um, but it follows that trajectory. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It follows that. And the idea is you start in one location and then you interact with that location and maybe you try and get more supplies or maybe you interact with the locals or you try and find a guide. And depending on what you do, it opens up additional options. Mm-hmm. This is very – and so the idea is you are a famous explorer who is trying to go on a series of five adventures and you are competing with five or four other world travelers and – you're earning points along the way. And so you're, you're trying to find this golden pyramid that is in the land that you're in. And this is not meant to be historically accurate because there are, to my knowledge, no gold pyramids in the, on Iceland. Are you sure? Or I, I, I am, I can't say that I am a hundred percent certain. However, I believe that if there were golden pyramids on Iceland, someone would have at least mentioned it before. And so the the actual locations are procedurally generated. So the maps are just, they're grids, or they're hexes, actually. And you, you're on a boat, and you land, and you have your supplies. And as you go to towns, you might find temples, you might find shrines, and... There's decisions that you make along the way, and you pick up treasure. Eventually, you find the Golden Temple, or you die, at which point it's a game over. And if you find the, the... And when you find that Golden Temple, or the Golden Pyramid, rather, round is over, and you go back, and you get to decide, are you going to donate your treasures that you found for more fame, or are you going to sell them for more money? And then you use that money to help buy more supplies and you might buy like a weather balloon that might help locate a nearby campsite or you might buy a gun and so there's actually combat which is all dice based Mm -hmm. which is actually kind of neat that's really cool this is it plays out like a really neat board game type of experience and i absolutely love it they uh full disclosure they did send me a code and i am very happy that they sent it to me this was not a chore to play, and I th- definitely recommend this for a lot of folks. And it's out now. Like I said, it's out on just about everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's on mobile yet, but I have a feeling that that's coming because this definitely would be perfect on an iPad. And, yeah, so that's Curious Expedition, and there's apparently a sequel on the way. There's an alpha that is starting relatively soon. So alpha still got a ways out, mm-hmm. but... The uh, th- this is definitely a good video game. I definitely think you would enjoy it, mm. Amanda, because it is just that right amount of thinky, and you know it's got some goofy stuff going on in it. Uh, but it's also just kind of a neat little experience. You don't have to, th- you know, you don't have to go crazy, and it's pixel art, so it's very simple and you know, run on just about everything. Awesome. It's going to be one of those quote unquote like great steam games. I, this is one of those things I really it's on I would imagine that it'll actually be free on the Epic Game Store at some point. <laughs> like this is one of those kind of games. That's awesome. And I'll, I also think a lot of people are going to overlook it and they'll be making a mistake because that game is great. It sounds really cool. I'm going to have to pick it up. Yeah. You should definitely look at it. I definitely think that there are people in your home who would like it. There's a big old dork to your left that I suspect would actually like this. Yeah, I said that as a big old dork. He and I are <laughs> uh, are like he and I are like brothers. Dork um, brethren. I'm just saying. Yeah. So yeah, dork brothers. So that is that's around the horn. 
We talked about five video games. We never do that. Well, we've we've been playing a lot of video games and a lot of time video games. I wonder we why. Were. Listen, and we didn't even talk about the fact that I've, uh, d- I, I next time I get to talk about Dunk Lords. Do you want to? Oh, you heard about Dunk Lords? oh, I've definitely heard about Dunk Lords. I have a code. I need to play this game. Um, I think that it has online multiplayer, so uh, you're on. Oh, dip. Everybody, get ready. Uh, we'll talk about Dunk Lords next time, but it's a basketball game. <laughs> it looks awesome. It's not about cookies or anything. It looks yeah, it's, so good. Uh, it's a combat basketball game. So, yeah, it's great. I've played it at PAX. It is fun. So, um, so that's five video games, and I dig it. Let's take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about our two topics for the day. I'm into it. Let's do it. So we'll see y'all in a minute, folks. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Steve, I'm the host. If you like listening to this podcast, you probably like some of our other content too. You can find that all over social media, so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engagedfamilygaming. Perhaps you might like to see some stuff on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash E-F-G-A-M-I-N-G. Or maybe you just want to head on over to Instagram and look for Engaged Family Gaming there. See you later, guys. Bye now. still episode 216 i am still steven and i'm still here with one of my very best friends amanda farrow the princess of power host of ready player mom and it's topic time it is topic time so your choice amanda do you want to talk about games that people can play for free right now or do you want to get into the meaty subject of why i think the esrb got the rating for final fantasy 7 wrong I think we should talk about the ESRB and the rating thing because we want to end on a positive note and this is going to be a really meaty topic where we're going to have to dive in. So let's do that first. Let's get the heavy stuff out of the way first so that we can get into the joyful stuff. Like free games. So let's get the the work done. Yeah, let's do the work. Okay, so people who listen to the show should be used to the fact that I am a huge supporter of the ESRB. As am I. In this case, absolutely, and you are too. Mm -hmm. In this case, I want to be clear. I think they got it wrong. I don't think this is in any way a malicious thing. I don't think this is some kind of grand plot. I think this is just a... Some things slip through the cracks as part of their reviewing process. And uh, as a result, we have an example of a situation where a a rating company just kind of gets it wrong. And this has happened a few times in the past... Uh, Dark Knight Rises is a good example. Mm. Was a t- was a rated PG thirteen Batman movie, and it really should have been rated R. True, it really should have been just because of the subject matter, etc. But it squeezed in, and so you might be like, "But Steve, it's Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is like the the ultimate T rated thing, right? Like they're you know, okay. usually yes." There are there are two notable exceptions to the rule, one of which is Dirge of Cerberus, and the other one is Final Fantasy Type Zero. Sure, two spinoffs. Yes. So okay, so first, 
I just wanted to get those pieces out of there. I don't think that this is some weird conspiracy, and I don't think that they did anything malicious. I think this was a mistake. And so my the premise of my statement here is I think that Final Fantasy VII Remake is at the very least brushing against an M rating. I think that some of the things that happen here are going to be, you know, it's going to be up to you as a parent with your teenage kids, mm. especially, you mm. know, the worldly ones, to decide whether or not you're comfortable with it. And so I guess for some content warnings, um, we are going to take a break after this topic before we move into our games you can play for free. So if you don't want to hear about some of the stuff that's in Final Fantasy VII, then you can just kind of fast forward a little bit. But I feel like I need to talk about it because um, this game, it's rated T, and I think that it's wrong. So um, the I noticed it, and I the red flags for me came first when I played the demo. And I posted on Twitter that I was really disappointed in the language. And that's how people who know me are like, what do you mean the language? You curse like a sailor when you're not on camera and you're not on microphone. And that is true. I do use foul language. I'm willing to accept that. That's just part of how I speak. However, I felt like the, the language was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Be, and now the point was made. and Because I, I actually brought out some heat at me, which was something that I was not really used to. Because <laughs> um, normally I'm I'm able to just say the things that I want, and the only people that engage with the words that I say are people who agree with me. But I did have some of the people come out of the woodwork and decide to give me crap for, you know, squashing on on Square Enix's art or whatever. And so, listen, that's what they said. Listen, they can make art. I shouldn't be trying to censor them, and I don't want to censor them. It isn't about censorship. That's the point. Yeah, they this just we'll call it an M-rated video game so that people don't accidentally let their children play it. Now, so the language was the first piece that kind of tipped me off because they swear a lot. Now, admittedly, in the original game, Barrett does cuss a lot, and that is absolutely true. However, I would put forth that there is a difference between a character cursing in text in a game that has no voice acting. And they also don't talk during combat. Nope. And that's a big difference because fights are long. Mm-hmm. And Barrett only has so many things that he can say as part of his voice acting. Yep. And so he, the same stuff just gets said a lot. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to repeat all these words, but they, there are no F-bombs to my knowledge. But everything else is, for, is, uh, is fair game. Everything except the F-bomb. <laughs> And I might have even missed some of it. So for language, it's all there. And so I know there are a few people, the family gamers, some of the friends of the show are some folks that language is very important to them. They really true. don't want their kids to hear cuss words. Yep. And, you know, and that's super important to them to the point where me saying, wow, they swear a lot in this game, made it a deal breaker for him. And I thought that was important to talk about. And they do mention it in the ESRB rating. That's kind of what gave me pause. Then I started playing the video game. So, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, there were some parts to the original Final Fantasy VII that were kind of... Because this whole section of the game, in back then, it was like four or five hours of the game. 
and now it's being blown up into a 40-hour thing. So there were things that were like offhand comments or like a quick scene that are now full-on quests and huge yes. you know, arcs. And so everything is extended and everything is made more uh, more kind of extreme. And so the the violence, I think they got right because this is Final Fantasy violence, right? Titus, or not Titus. <laughs> Titus is not in this game. That would have been a weird spoiler. Uh, Cloud fights with a giant crazy sword or a baseball bat with nails in it and he whacks monsters. And most of the people that he fights are so obviously evil that it's not, you know, it's just standard Final Fantasy combat. So I can't really question that. It's really the way they interact with each other and the way that the characters, specifically the party, interacts with themselves and the way they interact with some of the NPCs that gives me pause. So uh, I, 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 I don't even really know where to start, but I'll just go. So there is a scene, there's a whole city that is built around a quest line with this guy named Don Corleone. And in the original, Don Corleone is like this crazy mob boss. And I remember he that. Is the, all of the quests are about him trying to find a wife. And the, in, back in 1996, when this came out, or 97, when this came out, it was funny because you couldn't get in to see him unless you were a woman. So Cloud had to dress up like a woman. Now, that was back in 1997. And this was also made in Japan. So they get they, they do get a little bit of a pass, more so back then than they do now. And so he, uh, questionable, but that's just what happened back in 97. Oh, I know. So lots of questionable he, things happened back in 1997. Lots of questionable happened in the 90s. So uh, it's the 90s. We can't, we can't get mad at the 90s too much. No, it so, was a different time. Also, it was like a three-minute thing. Like, yeah, it was it's a, true. It was like a bit. It was like a bit, whereas now it's like a 45-minute thing. I had to do a rhythm dancing game, Amanda. That sounds awesome. Now, I want to be real. The rhythm dancing thing was not at all the bad part. I thought that was great. The character was not... The 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 way that happened, I actually am kind of okay with. Because this was not... It was not played... I mean, it, it definitely was played off for humor. However, the way it happened, the character who dresses him up... That all went down, and the dance number was pretty okay. I was terrible at it to the point where I needed the general to sit and tell me when to push what button. Otherwise, I was just totally screwed. But that's not doesn't have anything to do with the SRB rating. What really happens is eventually Cloud gets picked, <laughs> and they have a moment between Cloud and Don Corleone where sexual violence is more than implied. Which is problematic for both parties by nature of the fact that Cloud is a trained killer. But whatever. We'll go. We'll ignore that. Extremely the yes. The issue is the other two characters, namely Tifa and Aerith, the only two female characters in the game. Well, the two playable characters yes. are essentially served to the remainder of the gangsters' parties with them having the opportunity to entertain them. That implication of sexual violence was where I was like, okay, so this is not... Now... I'm not going to spoil the whole scene. I mean, we know what happens because it happened in the first game also, but it wasn't the same way. Um, again, because they had more opportunity to flesh this out and there was voice acting. And so 
it was... I think people just need to know that this is that this particular scene is there. Um, Tifa and Aerith are heroes. They are, you know, friends and they're strong characters. But this particular thing, it happens. So I think that it gave me some pause <laughs> as far as um, whether or not a game that includes this should also have... Uh, just a T rating. Um, so what do you? So I just said a lot of words. Okay, you did. What are, what are some of your thoughts? Okay, I just said a lot of words. I'm gonna rest my diaphragm. Yes. <laughs> what do you? What do you? Think okay, so the thing to keep in mind is the the way in which the ESRB has a tendency to work with developers and with publishers, right? So sure. it's not as cut and dry as you think it's complicated and it's an evolving process. So what I think might have happened is that we are seeing a game that is very loyal to the original content and the original content existed prior to the ESRB really being a big deal. I don't know when the ESRB was founded. Let me go to the internet and check. I'll look. You can talk. Okay. Sounds good. Um, actually it was, it was founded in 1994. So, I mean, it was around, but they weren't like, they were still getting their sea legs. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't like a huge deal yet. So these days, the ESRB, Peggy and the rating systems that are in a bunch of other regions, including the one that's in Japan that I cannot remember what in the heck it's called. We just talked about it last week on virtual economy. Um, but it was, it's. It's one of those things where video games are allowed to, like publishers, developers, you know, they're allowed to police themselves, essentially. We're allowed to police ourselves because we're, we have a rating, we have ratings boards that we have to adhere to, but it is complicated and things are different. The big problem is that for the, for the T rating in North America, the T rating is 13 plus. And in yep. Peggy, this is a Peggy 16 game, which I think is a more appropriate rating than sure. rating it T, right? Sure. Because there is no real granularity like Peggy does for the um, ESRB's, you know, content uh, rating system, mm-hmm. it's like you're you're lacking nuance. And, and because sure. the game is... And again, I haven't played it yet, so I don't know firsthand, but I absolutely believe you. And this is something that I've been kind of, I've been kind of noticing myself based on, you know, the cutscenes that I've been viewing on Twitter, just like the memes that have been coming out around the the game. They're just, they're far more adult than I would have realized. I feel like a 16 plus rating for this would have been appropriate. So, you know how we have- I agree with that. Right? So, you know how we have E for Everyone? Right, and we have E10 plus, so that there is that level of granularity between E for everyone, which is you know little kids can play this game, pre-readers can play this game, it's safe, versus E10 plus, where it's like no, you know this is older kids and tweens that are really you know this is appropriate for. We don't have that granularity for T. I wish that there was a way, and maybe there will be in the future. I don't know. Maybe this is that edge case that helps you know, 
move things again and the it's the same thing with movies in in the united states as well and in north america because i mean the canadian rating system is a, is about the same it's just that for us it's not 13 it's 14 um it's still 18 though so i don't know for mature for mature so anyway yeah. that's that's what i'm thinking here is that it because it, there's a lack of nuance and granularity in the ways in which the esrb is rating the game you know, you can easily look at a, a T for a T for teens game like, I don't know, The Sims 4, right? The Sims game is a T game through and through. It's kind of it's got its weird little racy bit, bits and pieces, but it's all implied. So it's safe for teens like a 13 year old can sit down and play The Sims and it's not going to be like a traumatic experience, you know. But if you're sitting your 13 year old down to play a game like Final Fantasy VII Remake and the language, especially if you're not a language neutral household like my household is, like your household is, because like language is just whatever. Language is language, you know, de-stig, you know, if you take the, the stigma away, then you take the appeal of it away. <laughs> so the kids don't yeah. feel like they need to like, oh, my God. But that's like a completely different conversation. Um, so I'm really hoping that what comes out of something like this, where it feels like this is just not quite right, I feel like there just needs to be a little more nuance. So maybe that's what comes out of this. Maybe that's what we get as a result of Final Fantasy VII Remake is, you know, we have T for teen and then we have T16, T16+. That'd be great. I'd love that. I think, I think so a big thing for me and... Is, and this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but take a walk with me here. The Grand Theft Auto Five is a lot of folks have asked me, you know, you're okay with your kid playing violent games, which is true. My oldest son, I, he's playing Assassin's Creed, which is about as violent. That's deeply as you can violent. Uh, and so the they say so what is stopping you why wouldn't you let him play Grand Theft Auto mm -hmm. you know, which is even though it's not necessarily true it's just considered to be one of the most quote unquote like adult video games out there right like there are others that push those boundaries but they you know GTA 5 is like put it in that top tier right it's um, like any any and, real rock star game if you look at any of them including Red Dead yeah. Redemption 2 it's not a game I would put in front of my teenager sure personally and and I don't disagree with you. Uh, and so they ask, you know, why would I say no? And and I do. You know, we have Xbox Game Pass. And he, as a joke, I'll put the cursor on GTA Five because it's on there. And I'll be like, dude, come on. Just about anything else except for that one. And it's almost literally that. And the reason is that it doesn't it doesn't have to do with the violence. It doesn't have to do with the language. For me, is that you know you can play doom 2016 and you know what you can you, you can shoot some demons and you can chainsaw them in the head and all that stuff but you can't buy a lap dance in doom 2016 more importantly you can't exploit sex workers and then kill them yeah i mean that's also true um so the you can't it's just not part of the gameplay loop in doom so this is a similar situation at, you know, at least at the heart of it because here one of my biggest problems here is just there is a scene where as part of this whole Don Corleone thing which really I think it's just if this was kind of if that was minimized or replaced it wouldn't have been as big of a deal um, but 
you're so Aerith gets dressed up, right? Mm-hmm. She's going with Cloud to go in to go meet Darren Corleone. And while you are walking through the city, it's obvious that she is she's wearing a very pretty dress and that the whole point was that she was but everyone makes notice of it and because there is voice acting everyone reacts and so many of the comments are cat calls and just really inappropriate stuff and so i you go because you it's just really it just really gave me it just made me uncomfortable good um, because it's not Cloud that said it. No, well, I was uncomfortable, but, and then you raise your finger at me. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what I mean. I mean that 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 I actually don't have a problem with. If we are teaching our young, like our our teenagers, things that are appropriate versus things that are not appropriate, teaching our teenagers that, like, hey, you're a guy, you're playing as a guy in this video game and you're being catcalled. You are experiencing something that many... No, no, no. They didn't do that to you. They did that to Aerith. Well, even that's... It's still the same. It's still essentially the same thing. It's not something that you personally as a guy would necessarily have to contend with. And usually when women go out with men in meat space in the real world you know, we don't tend to get catcalled. It just doesn't tend to happen because dudes are a good buffer. But if we go out by ourselves, that's something that women, especially attractive women, tend to contend with on a regular basis, depending on where they live. You know, catcalling is very different in Seattle and Vancouver versus catcalling in New York City. In New York City, weirdly enough, they're like really appropriate and like weirdly flattering. Um, and in Seattle, they're usually mean. It doesn't sound right. No, I know. I mean, it's weird. weird. That doesn't sound it's right weird. compared to what New York is. No, okay, I know. So- I, and I hear you. So, like, for me, when, when I think about it, it's just like, okay, well, that doesn't seem like it's horribly wrong. It feels like that might be a good teaching moment. That might be a good way to call call our kids in and be like, all right, just like there's some super inappropriate content in life is strange and life is strange too where it's like okay well we have to have a conversation about suicide now we have to have a conversation about drugs now we have to have a conversation about sexual assault and about rape i mean these are these are some really important teaching moments for our older children but because this was likely framed gratuitously we miss out on that so i agree with you a thousand percent and you're right. I called that out because it gave me a, you know, it just kind of added on. Yeah. But you're right. The, the catcalling thing is, is it's just, a, it's a little bit different. I think it's important. You know, I bring this up. And, and again, like I said at the front, I don't think anyone did this maliciously. Oh, no. I think this certainly is, not. They got a video. I mean, Square Enix cut a video of like the worst parts of the game and sent it to the ESRB. Yes. And they probably got. 45 minutes of footage, probably. I think that's probably even aggressively long, right? Okay. They probably got, you know, who knows, less than an hour. Because it's really mm-hmm. not, you know, I mean, you only have to show killing a guy once, right? True. So, and they so they got their YouTube video, more or less, of the super cut of all the worst things in this game. And what... I think really hit me about this is with a lot of this stuff, especially, you know, the objectification of the women characters, etc. is that it, if I just showed the worst thing that happened to Aerith or the worst thing that happened to Tifa or whatever, it, it 
kind of doesn't show the fact that it just happened for like four hours straight. You know what I mean? That's and an so, important delineation. That's it really, that's really is because it's be, prolonged. Yeah, exactly. And so again, I think uh, Amanda and I both kind of settled to an agreement on this one mm-hmm. that this is definitely. I mean, I don't think we should turn uh, turn this away from teenagers no. or for anybody that wants to share this. I just think this is something that, in a lot of cases, like Halo is a T-rated video game, and I th- I recommend that as an alternative alongside Fortnite for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Because yeah, it's agreed. A, you know, and it's because it's a soft T, whereas this yes. is a hard T. Where yes. this is a game that, for a lot of folks, it's got hot button stuff that's going to make you. Um, you know, turn it off and make you, and and I certainly when I texted you about this, mm-hmm. you were like, "Well, this is something we clearly have to talk about." Yes, and that's I agree with you. Yeah, and you know, maybe I was a little bit alarmist calling saying that it was uh, that ESRB got it wrong, but in this case, I think they just didn't have the opportunity to get it right by nature of the fact that they were not they're... immersed in it, so yeah. the nuance was lost. And I think that as their playtesters go back through the game, they may amend. They may end up amending yeah. it and they may end up wanting to create a different kind of T rating as a result. If they really messed it up, if Square Enix actually profoundly messed this up, they could be facing some serious fines. But I don't think yeah. that this is worthy of an M rating just based on what we talked about. I think that it is just a very, very, very like straddling, like right up against the line of an M yeah. rating without necessarily pushing it quite that yeah. far. I think that there, like I was saying, there there needs to be room for these conversations and there needs to be room for us as parents to help our kids make smart content choices along the way. And if it turns out that we end up exposing them to some less than savory content while they're at home, that's not necessarily a bad thing because we can sit down with them and have these conversations while they're here versus when they move out, they go to college, they go to university, they go backpacking in Europe or they move out on their own. You know, we're not going to, we're going to be on the outside wondering if they're okay with any of this. So insulating our kids too much isn't necessarily a good idea. Tossing M-rated games at our kids before they're mature enough is not a good idea. We got to like, this is one of those things where we just got to continue to help our kids strike that balance and keep having those conversations. And it's, it's an, it's an eyes wide open kind of situation. Absolutely. And I, as someone who regularly talks about how T games are generally more acceptable than you might think. Uh, this is one of those ones that I want to talk about. So thank mm-hmm. you very much, Amanda and everybody. So we're going to take a quick break so you can hear some music so that you know uh, when to, if you are skipping this, so you know when to come back because we're going to talk about fun stuff like free games to play right now. I love free games. <laughs> Alright everybody, welcome back to the third segment of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. Normally we don't do that. Welcome back to those of you that didn't want any spoilers or any discussion about the Final Fantasy VII uh, rating decision. And for everybody that listened, 
Thank you for listening to Amanda and I share our thoughts and feelings. So that was a serious talk. We talked about some heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. It was um, dark at times. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about some fun stuff. I love fun like, stuff. Uh, like free video games. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find the free so, video games? Let's talk about them. Okay. So um, it turns out everywhere is where you can find totally free video true. Games. So we are um, all of us are in the same boat, right? Everybody's stuck at home for an indeterminate amount of time, and money is tight for a lot of folks. But we've a lot of us have these consoles, so. I thought it would be a good idea to talk about some of the options that are out there for those of us that just are looking for a free game. And so we'll just go right through it. This was inspired by, and I don't know if you saw it, Sony put out an announcement today with their uh, play at hashtag play at home initiative, mm-hmm. where starting on April 15th, which is tomorrow, well, okay, which is already happened for those of you listening on Friday. And through May 5th, everyone who owns a PlayStation 4 can download uh, Uncharted, the Uncharted Collection, and Journey, which, man. I have off, so Journey, many feelings about Journey. So many. So good. Did I tell you? Well, you saw Journey was one of our games of the decade mm-hmm. uh, when we put that list out. We've talked and about Journey, and we mutually adore this game. I, like, we could talk about it for like probably an hour, maybe more. Yeah, and we ain't got time for that, but maybe next time. And so Journey is, to put it simply, it is an adventure game where you play as a little person and you're exploring a world. I'm not going to spoil things for you because this is a lot of experiential stuff, but what's really neat is the way they do multiplayer. You find people and it doesn't tell you who they are and you can't talk directly and so as a result, the way you communicate is through these like chirps and chimes and your own movements. It's very fascinating. This is one of those games that everyone that has, like I showed my mom, right? And I showed my friends and you can play through it very quickly because it is not a very long game. In fact, this is a game you could play in an evening without a real problem. You could pass the controller if you needed to as a family. Great. Uh, Uncharted, I had no idea that those games were rated T until I was gently corrected on the EFG show a while ago. I just assumed that they were always rated M because the body count in those games is very high. But, but the really blood, Indiana Jones. but the blood is very low. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, the, the way it was explained to me is Indiana Jones was never rated R. True, and wasn't? Was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's basically Indiana Jones just with Nolan North. That's it. Yep. Or is it Troy Baker? It's Nolan North, right? I think it's Nolan. He's the voice actor. I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? Um, I mean, one of the two of them cares. Um, so Uncharted is... So the, the Uncharted collection is the first three games in the series. And right now, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you can get Uncharted 4 as one of your two free... Uh, uh, PS Plus games this month. So you could technically get the entire Uncharted franchise minus one spinoff title that you could probably get for 20 bucks if you wanted for for nada. That's a pretty good value, I would say, if you're just looking for a bunch of hours to just run around and explore weird ruins. What do you think? Uh, these games are so much fun and the stories are so cool. I really dislike the combat. 
in all of the games, unfortunately. So I am the worst person to ask about, hey, would you play them again? You know what? Probably not. Okay. Um, Only because I really dislike the combat. But I love the stories and I love the characters. And I actually never finished Uncharted 4. Like, I got most of the way through it, and then we ended up moving mm -hmm. to New Jersey, and we never picked it back up again somehow. Well, so, I mean, I already own it, so it would be, like, I mean, it's, it's like I said, these are really, really interesting games. They are worth playing for the story if you've never played an Uncharted game before. Yeah. It's also good. Throw it on easy. Yeah, put it on. Throw it on easy mode and just yeah. play your, your interactive Indiana Jones. Absolutely, and it's it really is, it really is that, and I mean... Nathan is such an adorable scoundrel and you just can't help but love him. He's so charming and so cute and so sweet and his his antics are just they're too good. It's like yeah, if absolutely. you had um Nathan Fillion but a video game. Yeah. I mean, so if you like Nathan Fillion, it really is to the point where there are a number of folks who were campaigning to have Nathan Fillion play him in the movie version. I still don't know why they never did that because that would have worked perfectly, but what are you going to do? It so, is what it is. Yeah, so that's what inspired me. Mm. And so then I started looking, and then I found out that there's a there's a little spot, on the a little site on the internet called GameSpot.com. I've definitely uh, you know, never always heard one of, of them. Those, one of the, it's one of them little blogs, you know. Just a tiny blog on the internet. Just a tiny blog on the internet. Just kidding. It's one of the biggest. It's like one of the Owned by CBS. Video game. Yeah, they're owned by CBS. They're huge. Uh, I don't have to. I don't have to, uh, like through family contractual obligations, sing all of their praises anymore because my cousin Peter is not in charge there anymore. He works at PlayStation now. But, um, but I guess for sake of full disclosure, my cousin used to work at Gamespot. But, um, the they have an article which I'm going to link in the show notes here, oh, which yeah. I will be referencing all the time, which is just this amazing list of all the games that are available for free right now. And so I thought we would just go down it and find some of the interesting family recommendations throughout some of these things. Cause it's actually kind of cool. Um, so we just talked about journey and uncharted. Mm -hmm. Um, if you happen to have PlayStation Plus, and I think I'm just going to operate under the assumption that a lot of people have PlayStation Plus and Xbox games with gold, largely because before the Fire Nation attacked, I recommended them quite heavily for their value. Mm -hmm. So just I'm assuming that a lot of folks do. Um, so Dirt Rally 2.0 is another one of the games on PlayStation Plus. Now, I'm just going to talk very briefly about this. Sometimes you just need to press a gas pedal real hard. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, sometimes. And if you are, and, you know, if you're a car family, there's another one we'll talk about later. But, like, this is not Dirt Rally 2.0. These, this, like, Dirt Rally, like, this is all about, like, getting in the mud and doing stupid stuff. I mean, it's not like Motor Storm or anything. But this is really just, like, a getting dirty in a Jeep in the woods and... It's just fun, right? I mean, it's not going to win any Game of the Year awards. It's not going to change anything, but you're getting it for $0 as part of your PlayStation Plus. Download it, hit the gas pedal real hard for an evening. The thing I really like about racing games is that every, even if you can't play it, because maybe you're just not very good at it or you don't have an interest, like it can be on on the television and you can still appreciate the stupid that's happening. Like, 
you know, so that's one of the things I really love about racing games because sometimes yep. just going fast looks cool. Um, yeah. So that's dirt. So that's the PlayStation offerings. Uh, Xbox Games with Gold. Speaking of racing games, Project Cars Two is free. Okay, I have Dude. experience with this game. That game is bananas. I I reviewed yeah. it for um, CG Mag Online when I mm-hmm. was living in Canada, and I had a blast with it. Like I, I it took many hours for me to get somewhat competent, and I didn't. I never got good with it because it is a simulation. This game is yes. gonna kick your butt. From here to the end of the universe, it is very difficult. It is not for the faint of heart. If you want something that isn't particularly difficult, go play Forza Horizon. That's yeah. the one for you. That's true. That's but, not Game Pass. But Project Cars 2? Oh, for what a beautiful, beautiful game. It is stunning to play. It's exceptional mm-hmm. as a simulator. Like, go get this game immediately. Now... Let me tell you my Project Cars 2 story. Can you imagine a worse first look at Project Cars 2 than an E3 show floor demo? Oh. In the Xbox booth? Uh, no. Where they just walked me right up to Project Cars 2, handed me the controls, and said, here you go, man. This one's the gas. Go. Um, I crashed a lot. And I was like, just so you know, I'm terrible at video games. And he goes, oh, man, you're at E3. Everybody's bad at video games. We're all tired. And I was like, man, listen. And my friend John, who was there next to me, was like, dude, you really don't understand. This is going to go bad. And I played for a few minutes, and the guy was like, oh. And so eventually I got there. I mean, I was able to get around the corner. But it's tough as heck, it though. Is, it is gorgeous. It is goofy in that you're going to crash a lot. That's the thing, right? Unless you're, if you're a car guy or a car family, then you're probably going to be all right. You're going to know how to thread those turns just perfect. But if you're not, then it's basically just burnout. Yeah. (laughs) Basically what I did. I mean, I just turned it into burnout. Yeah. Because I was just crashing and everything. Also, I mean, listen, when you turn this at the end of the day, a simulation racer just turns into burnout when you're done and it's fine. It's okay. Just crashing some really fancy looking cars. Also on Games with Gold, how about Shantae Half Genie Hero? Very the Shantae cute. Games. Shantae was from the. Is, this is a throwback to the the second console mascot war. Mm. Right, the first one was Mario True. and Sonic and a bunch of people that never survived. And then there was like another round, and Shantae was one of those. People. I remember like everybody just needed, and she was on the Game Boy. She started on the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. and now Way Forward has kind of taken her under their wing. And the Shantae games are great. Shantae oh, they're is a genie. great games. Or she's a half genie. Half genie. Yeah. She's and she's cute she's, as heck. She, and like these are these are some really really fun games. Like they're not. Yep. They're not heavy. They're not going to make you do extremely dumb jumping puzzles. So, yep. I mean, it's easy to jump into any, to the, especially this particular Shantae game from everything that I've seen of it. I think it's sitting on a wish list somewhere for me, so I might have to go and pick that up. Get free with games with gold. Pretty good. And these are, one of the things that I really like about it is it is bright. Mm-hmm. It is light. I mean, you're just fighting stupid goblin pirates and, like, pig people and exploring. Like, this is not a, 
This is the kind of thing that if I told you this was a Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s that they made a platformer about, you would be like, where can I find this thing, right? That's the kind of vibe that you get from this game. So that's Shantae, Half-Genie Hero. It's free on Xbox One through Games with Gold, but it's available everywhere, relatively inexpensive. Um, But for the sake of this discussion, it is free right there. Next. So PC is the land of the free video games because there are a ton of them out there and we aren't going to list all of them, Mm -hmm. but it is worth mentioning that most MMOs have free trials that are pretty aggressive. Final Fantasy 14 lets you play almost like half the game. It seems like within their free trial, which should be plenty world of Warcraft lets you play up to level 20, which isn't a huge amount now that you get double experience, but it's still in there. But then there's countless MOBAs and Car- I mean Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering Arena and the Legends of Runeterra from Riot, etc. Oh, Runeterra is a Tons damn good game, game, too. Um, I just downloaded it. We're going to give it a shot so we can you do gonna like side it. side comparisons. I, yeah, You're going to like it. It's going gonna, gonna gonna like. to eat your I'm life. I'm, I'm so like sorry it. in advance. RIP um, your time. It's going to be great, though. So, And I think that that is – and that's really not all of it. No. Right? I actually did a uh, – if you want, if you go on to EngageFamilyGaming.com, I actually made a recommendation for a number of free-to-play MMOs that you can get. Uh, Guild Wars 2 is a great example of a game that you can play another wonderful MMO for free. Yeah, another wonderful and MMO. So there are a ton of great options. So – but on these various services – like Steam and the Epic Game Store, there are other games that are uh, they they there are they put out free games. And I'm stumbling over my words here, but the first one that I want to talk about is one that doesn't really get talked about a lot, and people should not be sleeping on this. I know that lots of people have Amazon Prime, and if you have Amazon Prime. That means you have Twitch Prime, and you may not necessarily know about all the different benefits that unlocks for you, because a lot of folks assume, oh, well, Twitch Prime is just, you know, helping you with, you know, buying subs to streamers, and that is not the case. If you play many of these free-to-play games that I talked about, World of Tanks, World of Warships, which, by the way, those are two also great free-to-play games, but they give out free unlocks and free items in a lot of those games. They had a unicorn skin that you could get in uh, Doom Eternal if you uh, were a Twitch Prime subscriber. And so they also, I think it's every other month or every business quarter, I'm not sure. It's not every month, but they put out five free games that you just download. So if you have Amazon Prime, you should definitely check out Twitch Prime. The games right now are, um, let's see here, we have Turok, which is an old school, like, you know, it's it was originally a Nintendo 64 game. It's a shooter where you're an, an American Indian guy shooting dinosaurs with a bow and arrow, like whatever. The big one on here is Earthlock, which is quietly a very so cool role-playing game. Such a good game. So I, I definitely think people should uh, pay attention to that. And again... You might have, you know, you might be saying, well, Steve, I don't have PlayStation Plus. I don't have Xbox Game with Gold. And this is the time to get it. Honestly, for even with Games with Gold, you should be really contemplating not just getting Games with Gold, but by but getting Game Pass. 
because Game Pass is an exceptional value. If you've never signed up for Game Pass, Game Pass is a dollar right now, which may or may as well be free. Um, and it has, and that's for the first month. And there's 105 games on the service. So just to kind of go over some of the other stuff that's on there from Twitch Prime. Earthlock is great. Turok is a is a funny you know dinosaur shooter, but a big one is Light Matter, which I don't know. Have you heard of Light Matter? No, this is the first time I've heard of Light Matter. So Light Matter is a really cool puzzle game where you are learn you are solving puzzles with lights and shadows, and it's it's a three D puzzle game. I, I don't want to say it's like Portal because Portal is like its own thing, but it is it it's that type of experience where it's a, like a first person shooter but you're solving puzzles instead of shooting things and it's all light and shadow and very interesting cool. it's got a real space aesthetic whereas you know portal is kind of like industrial and dirty and grimy this one is like very like vr mission uh clean futuristic i've played a little bit of it i played a demo of it uh, at various places, and I really dug it, and I was surprised to see it on this list. So again, if you have Amazon Prime, you got these free PC games. You may as well give it a shot. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, I also recommend that everyone who has a PC sign up for the Epic Game Store. Yes. I know there's some folks that have some concerns about that. I disagree with all of it. Um, the Epic Game Store is a, it's another store where you can buy stuff, and right now they give out every is it every week or it's every at the very least it's every other week they give away a pair of free games and they'll do more if one of the games is rated M so they make sure that there is something for yes. everybody to play correct which is when they made that announcement i was like wow it's really cool and some of these games are small you know it's not like a crazy triple a experience every week but they're always something to keep your eye out. I mean, yeah. Moonlighter was one of their games, mm -hmm. which I actually streamed for a while. Yeah, uh, I think that right now they a have... A short hike? Yeah, oh my goodness, a short hike. I do not have enough words in me right now to I, talk about how much I love that game. Yeah, I played it. I loved it. Played it in one sitting. Streamed it on our Facebook page, actually. So... Uh, right now, the two games on the Epic Game Store are Close to the Sun and Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishments. Mm -hmm. So, again, worth taking a look at. And so, another thing, and this is, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? So, Stadia <laughs> is free now. Uh-huh. And the, the one thing that makes me feel a little, like, makes me feel like this might be kind of worth it. Because we, we, the two of us are not, like, the biggest Stadia supporters on Earth. Nope. Although, maybe we are. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I mean, there's not... I don't know anybody that really is singing its praises that isn't I mean, paid to do so. Matt Piscatella loves him some All Stadia. Right, so... so okay. All right, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. All right, so there's, like, one guy. There's, like, so one. So, the thing... There's there's one, and he's a nice guy. We should get him he's on He's wonderful. Um, I I agree. I'm just saying we should we should work something out. So the the reason I that I think about it is that Stadia is free. 
Now, this wasn't some weird big marketing move. Everybody made it out to be that. They said they were going to launch a free version at some point this year, and it just so happens to be now. But it does come with two free months of Stadia uh, of Stadia Plus, mm-hmm. and SteamWorld Dig 2 and SteamWorld Quest are on that. I've never heard of and, these games that you love. And I love me some SteamWorld games. And so if you have the opportunity to just – if you have a Gmail address and you can just sign up for Stadia for a couple of months – and play SteamWorld Quest for $0 because you happen to be using them as an email service. That's a really great deal. Also, Grid, which is a racing game, and good for all the reasons that I talked about all these other racing games. Mm -hmm. So that is... Man, listen, that's a lot of games. And we didn't even really touch on all of it. No. But they're in some somewhat surprising places. I'm going to leave this link in our show notes to the GameSpot article which to my understanding they update at least every other day because it's brilliant (laughs) and the i wish i had thought of it so the take a look at it and you're never looking for a game just hop on on there and they might help you find something interesting so amanda would you believe me if i told you that that was episode 216 of the engaged family gaming podcast people just keep letting us do this show it's kind of awesome. It is pretty awesome. They haven't stopped us yet. So Can't stop, uh, won't I invite stop. them to try. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, never stopping, right? Is that the – anyway, so everybody, I don't know. I'm just saying words. It's so, late. It is late, and we're, we're about to have an Animal Crossing brawl on my left. So let me just close this up quickly. Everybody, thank you very much for listening to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as my daughter is enjoying yelling at my wife for how she's playing Animal Crossing. Uh-oh. So. Danger. <laughs> oh, she's looking for shooting stars. Okay, but I'm working. <laughs> so. Love her. Right. So, everybody, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I will be back next week with Amanda and Linda, where we will be talking about some board games. Heck yeah. But. Until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye, everybody. Bye.